I'm Scott Logan, and we're Making Fun of Marketing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Making Fun of Marketing. We have Mandy McEwen with us, the founder and CEO of Mod Girl Marketing, and we're going to talk about personal brands. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Scott. Happy to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and Mod Girl Marketing. Yeah. So I started online marketing in 2007, way back in the day um, when it was the wild, wild west of of digital marketing, which was fun. Um, And I started my agency, Mod Girl, back in 2010. So we are a social media consultancy. Uh, We train B2B teams on how to leverage a lot of short form video, but social media in general across all platforms. And then we have another agency, Luminetics, which is our LinkedIn training and consulting agency. And so there we are training B2B sales teams on how to kick ass on LinkedIn and actually understand how social selling works. So they don't have to rely um, solely on annoying cold emails and cold calls, which still work, but you need to kind of combine everything together. So that's my jam. You mentioned social selling and I mentioned personal brand. What is the difference between social selling and personal brand or is there one? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I feel like if you... There is a difference, but they kind of both work together, right? So if you if you build up a solid personal brand on social media and, and for B2B, LinkedIn is is the main, you know, home of, of the personal brand, then it makes social selling that much easier, right? Um, but you can also have a crappy, not crappy, but you can have a beginner personal brand. Um, and you could still be decent at social selling because social selling is a lot of relationship building. It's a lot of talking to people. It's not just like, let's see what we can post. Right. But I would, I would also argue the same as for personal branding. So I'm of the notion of like, you can't just throw up a bunch of posts on social media, including LinkedIn and say that you have a personal brand, right? Like it's all about relationship building. So I do think they go hand in hand, but the goal of social selling is to get a sale. Eventually the goal of personal brand there's a bunch of different goals that people have and it depends on the individual, right? So you could do new career opportunities, um, new clients, new partnerships, uh, recruiting for other people to come into your organization. Like there's tons of, of different goals to have a personal brand where the end goal of social selling is obviously to land sales, but they do work hand in hand. So would you say that the branding is more what you post and the selling is more of what you message out and then engagement on other people's posts could be both or is that could you yeah I a think, little bit yeah I think honestly it could go for all of them you know because hmm. even with social selling I feel like you're going to be a better social seller if you are posting content but when I'm training b2b sales teams content is the last thing I talk about because I want oh, I want to make sure that they know how to leverage sales navigator how to actually talk to people without being weirdos, how to engage with people properly and how to get people to actually respond to them. So that is my main goal with social selling. And then after they understand all of that, I talk about content. Now here's how to amplify that even more, right? So I want to say yes to what you said, but I also don't want to negate the fact that all of these things are important when it comes to being an ideal social seller and having an awesome personal brand. But I think there's different priorities, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I make fun of my wife and kids uh, by saying the whole point of social of uh, social media is to stalk people in the first place. <laughs> so <laughs> it, when you said uh, how did 
social sell without being creepy that's the first thing that pops into my head is like well the whole point is just to to creep on people and the more it information is. you give on someone else the more they can see of you yep 100 percent. but then it's the way how you respond to that so we're all creepers right like we're all master creepers on social media this is what we do for a living we're in this industry but it's the way that we talk to people that makes us not seem like creepers you know yes yes <laughs> and seem and... like friends that's the whole goal it's like so i have a thing called the friendly leader method that i teach b2b teams and my whole goal is like we want to be seen as friends we want to be seen as cool people that are just out there to help and, and nice, friendly, building relationships. We don't want to come across as like slimy, annoying salespeople, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Uh, and part of how I was going to twist creepy into a good version of it is like thought leaders that are out there, uh, much like Twitter, though, not everyone is on Twitter for business. You get a glimpse into someone's everyday thoughts who is an actual thought leader ceo cmo whoever you follow maybe a, a cio who is posting things and you wish you could be on their team and you're like well i wonder what this person thinks about how they're doing xyz and you sometimes if they're public you can actually see what they're doing and and learn from what they're posting about and even if it doesn't teach you something directly you get to kind of see how they think about their projects. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. And the the thing is, Scott is like, most people aren't doing what you just said, you know, like there's so many executives that are posting content on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And the majority of salespeople are just lazy and they don't take the time to actually pay attention and follow and engage. And like, I've talked to so many SDRs that have seen the power of, of Twitter also and LinkedIn. And all they do is creep and follow these people and they know what's going on in their lives. Yeah. And then they see their engagement, they see their likes and their comments. And when it's ready, they reach out and those people always respond to them because they've been following along with their journey, you know? And it's like, it's common sense if I'm sitting here and you and I are talking about it, but the, at the end of the day, most people aren't doing this, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, another thing that, you talked about was the journey. You watch someone's journey if they are someone who's building a personal brand. And when I think about what to post, oftentimes I forget that there are people who are just starting their journey. So for instance, I saw an SDR that was getting a lot of traffic from people in my network. And so I go and I look at some of his posts and one of his posts that just got crazy engagement was in-person selling is very valuable. Can you believe what I just experienced at this trade show? And he said, this many conversations and this many sessions that I learned about XYZ. And I thought, yeah, that's literally what an event is. That's what a conference is. And then for. I was like, wait a minute. He had his first job at the end of the pan pandemic, had never traveled for work ever, ah. is three years into his sales career. And is just now in 2023 in the spring going to his first show and experiencing this for his first time. One, earlier in the career. Two, those experiences were delayed because of yeah. the pandemic and thought, oh, well, maybe I won't actually sound like I'm a novice person because some people, if I share like basic information that are still solid best practices, because maybe there is an audience out there who still needs to hear that. 
and totally. still could learn from this. So when you think about what to post, uh, what is your guidance on that personal brand posting and, and what angle to take, how to find yourself, if you will? Yeah. Well, the first thing you need to realize is, you know, what are you doing? You know, so it's like the, the personal branding is the intersection between your why, your what, and your how, right? So why, why are you doing what you're doing? What's your purpose? You know, what's your vision? Um, how, you know, are you different? How do you stand out? How are you doing things? And then what, what is it that you're actually doing? You know? Um, and then also like, who are you doing all these things for? And so you have to have massive clarity on all of those things before you can actually build a content strategy around your personal brand, because we want to make sure that you're posting content that resonates with people. Like you said something just now, Scott, about, yeah, there's still people out there that, you know, would learn from this, but is that your target market? Yeah. Is that who you're trying to attract? If the answer is no, then don't post basic stuff, you know, just because it would help 25 year olds doesn't mean that you should, unless that's your target market, you know? And I just am picking on the youngins here, but you know what I mean? No, that's <laughs> Does exactly not be aged, the point know? of this podcast. I wrote it out. Those th three things, I actually physically wrote it out on a piece of paper. I wanted this show to be part of my personal brand and be that insider track, insider slang used for marketers who've been doing this for a long time. And we can just get into the nitty gritty because I get frustrated often by going to a conference and every breakout I go to is basic information. I want yep. those a show or a conversation that I can just click on on demand that is that stopping by the coffee, seeing someone you've admired who's 10 years ahead in your career and picking their brain for 10 minutes. Like mm -hmm. that's I what I that. wanted to replicate for this other SDR. They chose their journey is what they're sharing. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some other really good ways to think about uh, what you post? So you do need to have some buckets, right? And you can have broader buckets of like, these are the, these are the couple of things I want to, these are the two or three things I want to be known for, or just pick one, one to three things that you want to be known for. And you want your personal brand to be around. So I want to be known as the, you know, LinkedIn social selling girl and the, the B2B, you know, creative video, social media girl, like whatever it is. Right. And then you want your journey and, and some personal stuff in there too. So we can't just talk about business all day long or people get annoyed. And so we need to figure out what we are comfortable as individuals sharing on a personal level. And I don't mean like, you know, I don't even mean like family pictures or where you went on vacation. Like, I don't really necessarily mean any of that. Like you have to determine what is personal to you. Like that, that guy that you just mentioned, like his journey of like going to that conference, that's technically a personal post, right? Like he's talking yeah. about his experience. So you can yeah. have personal posts that are kind of businessy too. You just need to figure out that line of like where your comfort level is. Like for me, I'm a digital nomad now. I travel all over. So I'm, I'm posting my travel content and like, that's my personal content and the rest is business. Right. But like, that's not my only personal content. Like I'm pretty open. Right. But that's mainly what I share, but everyone is different. So like someone I was talking to recently is, um, she's a, she loves K-pop and she has a podcast. She's a digital marketer and she has a K-pop podcast. And I was like, and she, no one would know that. I was like, girl, put yeah. it on your LinkedIn profile. That's unique. That makes yeah. you stand out. You know, she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I think it's amazing. So like anything that can make you stand out people need to know about that. You know, and I'm not saying you need to talk yeah. about it every day or even every week, but it's those little things that we want people to know about us that make us different. That's why I have Nomad in my my LinkedIn profile. And that's why I post pictures like I do because I want to stand out outside of what I do, you know? Um, so going back to your other question of how do we come up with all this content, you know, you can use 
these pillars. So write down, like, these are the topics I want to be known for. These are the topics that I feel comfortable sharing with on a personal level. And then you can get help from chat GPT. You know, it's really easy to ask chat GPT, like, Hey, here's some, some, some posts that I really like. And, you know, so you can steal people's posts. I say steal, but like steal the format of the top creators that you follow, paste it in chat GPT, and then paste back, like write out, like, I want you to help me create a post using this format but here's what I want you to talk about, you know, and then just list out some things that you want to talk about and use AI to help you come up with ideas. So that's just post format, but you can also ask it like, here's what I'm an expert in. Here's my target audience. Can you give me, you know, 10 topics? Like once you learn the power of mastering ChatGPT, it really is your friend. And so, especially for people that aren't super comfortable with, you know, coming up with content topics on their own, I would say leverage AI and look at what other people are doing too. And another tip I want to give people too is start by leaving comments because comments are awesome because it'll, it'll allow you to start like thinking about things really quickly because the way our brains work as humans, it's easier for me to react to something that you tell me than it is for me to come up with something on my own. So if we keep track of all the valuable comments we're leaving and put it in a Google document, we can go back later on when we're ready to post content and be like, okay, I left these 12 comments in the last week that are decent. Now I can take those comments and create posts from them, you know? So it kind of gets your feet wet a little bit. Um, and it's a, you know, win-win because commenting helps you and your engagement, it helps the person. And then it can help you, um, with content ideas as well. Lately, what I've done is I just copy what I did on someone's comment, repost it on my feed as a new post and like expand on it and maybe throw Amazing. a 10 second video of me over the top of it. Uh, giving yeah. some kind of explainer or maybe verbally saying what I just wrote. Exactly. No, that's perfect. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, it's a really good way for you to just get familiar with, you know, being a part of conversations and obviously like what you can actually talk about. So what if you are wondering if your work is going to say, well, your personal brand looks like you're spending time on it. looks like you're posting during the day. It doesn't have anything to do with what you're doing. Like for me, I've been in sales and marketing technology for the last six years. So for me, it makes sense to post about sales and marketing as my personal brand and relates to work, but it's not that easy for some people. Maybe they work in cybersecurity in marketing. Well, yes. those two worlds don't collide very well. So mm -hmm. how do you strike that balance of, do you actually do posting for work? Like say you're in sales uh, and personal brand or what's your advice there? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say it's, you know, there's a delicate balance there to be had, but everyone is so unique and different. And it really depends on the goals. Like, what are you trying to accomplish here? And and again, going back to what I said earlier is like, what do you want to be known for? And so there, it, you do need to be, be posting both, right? Like if you are, cybersecurity and marketing and you want to share personal stuff, that's fine. But the problem is when you get too many things that are too random, you know, and it's like people that jump on like viral trends that have nothing to do with their expertise mm -hmm. that can actually backfire more than it could help. And so I, I do want to encourage everyone to get focused and kind of stay in your lane, but that doesn't mean that you can't have multiple lanes. That just means you need to be consistent in those lanes and don't be jumping all over the place. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yep. And I do know, like, for instance, uh, Kevin Dorsey is a great example, been in healthcare him. software for a long time, but is a sales professional and sales thought leader. And mm -hmm. his content about sales, just by proxy, elevates deals coming in to his team. 
because it creates 100%. brand awareness through his information that he's sharing to his audience. And so exactly. even though the people he's speaking to aren't in healthcare, well, there is going to be overlap at times. And, and when you do post about something for work, then like a conference you're going to, it will get extra exposure that you want. However, company pages, you're like, well, marketing's got our company page covered. We're finding that company pages aren't just not as effective. They're abysmal in organic from what I've seen. And obviously they want you to pay more. It's an ad platform now as well. So they're not going to make your organic posts from your company page amazing or even borderline amazing because they want you to pay for those posts, right? So do what's the emphasis you should put on having a CEO or whoever your C-suite is that aligns with your industry uh, put their personal brand out there, whether they're willing to or not? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the B2B world we live in now, you know, like people do business with people, people are expecting, um, people, executives to have a personal brand. But the thing is, is like, we're over just looking at, at brands and what brands are doing, right? Like we, we, as humans, we're looking for other human connection, human interaction and what people are saying. Right. So just like by nature of how we work, it's just like, okay, you know, you said that you did business with them and they're great. Awesome. Oh, I follow Scott Logan on LinkedIn and he posts awesome stuff. Oh, he also happens to do this. I trust him. He knows his stuff. I've been following him for a while. You know, so it's like we we talk about people. We don't really talk about like, did you, did you see what they post, the, what this company posted on LinkedIn today? It was really great. You know, like, yeah. have you ever heard anyone say that? Like, I don't think anyone's ever actually said Super Bowl that, commercials you know? maybe, but that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean that's what we're, we are in this world where it is super important. Your executives need to have a presence online. And that is why I do what I do and helping that happen. It's not going to be enough for you to have a badass marketing team that posts decently cool stuff on LinkedIn, which is rare. First of all, I'm being nice when I use that word decently cool. Um, it's not enough anymore. Honestly, if you really want to capitalize on your industry and, and the market, like you need to have your people posting content and sharing their own unique experiences. It's not just about like, Hey, Scott, you have a personal brand. We want you to start sharing company content. That's not what I'm talking about. Like they need to share their own unique experiences as a whole, as a professional in general, not just their company content. Like there's a big difference between like having executives post company content on their LinkedIn profile and having executives build an actual personal brand. Yeah. Reposting from an executive is a start, but reposting isn't going to get traction the way an actual post will because the algorithm buries the reposts like crazy too. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And you kind of want to know what their personality is. So I would even suggest not having them read off a script. I yeah. would say that you can tell when that's happening and it's as boring as a company post. And 100%. Yeah. Just have them be themselves. You run into them in the hallway and they're super excited about X, Y, Z. Uh, it, well, candidly, just capture that. Who cares if it's just on your cell phone and say, hey, can you repeat that real quick? In the hallway. That's literally what people are willing to listen to. Anything yes. that's formally staged is going to come off as staged and is going to be as jaded as a Gartner Magic Quadrant report, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it is. That's why like when we, we uh, help executive teams make videos and I never... 
want them to read off a script. I'm literally like coaching them. I'm like, okay, these are the topics we're going to talk about. And I'm just going to ask you candidly on camera. I'm going to be off camera and muted, but your, your job is just to answer them. Like you are not to look at any script whatsoever because it's obvious for most people, unless you're good at doing that, you know, it most aren't. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it needs to be candid and they need to be coming from their own personal experience. Um, and again, you know, there obviously is some business content that we can throw in there from the marketing team collaboration. But at the end of the day, it is that individual's personal brand and they should be responsible for what it is that they talk about. Marketing, yeah. the company should never dictate, like, you have to talk about these things. They could recommend they talk about these things if they're investing in it. But actually, the company is better off giving trust to their salespeople and their executive teams to post on LinkedIn because when trust that obviously nothing's going to be inappropriate or weird, which nothing no. usually is, because that is when it resonates. It's when the teams try to control what people post is when it falls flat and and it's very obvious. And, and I think work. that's oftentimes why marketing teams feel handcuffed when they can't do certain things online yes. that are fun and engaging because you work at a fortune 1000 company and you're publicly traded and there's no way yep. that legal is going to let you get along with something or, or do something that actually gains you traction, which is another reason why you should help your sales team build personal brands, help your executives build those personal brands. And as a yeah. marketing leader myself, it's not that I'm saying this because you can't do it, but you should hire someone like yourself and a company like you where they're guiding you through it. Much like, could I edit and run my own podcast? Sure. Would it eat up a ton of my time? And I won't know the 20% of the knowledge that I don't have that will actually boost you to the next level that you'll have to figure out months later on your own, where they can just help you go from the start. You can then also offload it and you don't have to worry about it on a day-to-day. -day. You just do the slice of the content and move forward. So I know I'm plugging you for you, but <laughs> as a marketing <laughs> leader, uh, if I'm building a brand for an executive, I don't want that to be always lingering in the back of my mind and worried about it. I want to yeah. know it's in good hands, especially if that executive, which most will be, if you're approaching them, nervous about doing this whole thing in the first place. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're going to need someone to coach them through and, and help them with it. If you're just like, hey, we want you guys to do this. Go do it on your own. Good luck. It, first of all, nothing is going to happen. You know? Which, by the way, that's exactly what has happened when I've tried it with my teams. It just, yeah. you get a few weeks of good presence that you force and then mm -hmm. it just that's can't, it. it's just too much work to keep going. Yeah, it is. And that's why like having a strategic plan ahead of time and batching content ahead of time, scheduling. I mean, there's so many things that it doesn't, if you know what you're doing, you know the systems and you have the right help, it actually doesn't have to take that much time to do this. You know, you can crank out a lot at one time and then schedule it to post for a whole quarter, you know, and all you have to do is like quarterly updates. Now, of course, you need to be engaging, you know, a side of things, but if we're talking about content only, you have the right systems and tools. It it yeah. actually doesn't take that long as, as most people think, but most people have no idea what they're doing. So they're throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is how you use paid with this strategy, because yes. uh, do you know the exact date? I think it was just only a few months ago where you could sponsor personal posts from okay. a company. Uh, okay. What is the balance? Is it still important to sponsor from company? Should you just pay 
for sponsoring these new personal branding. So you got the ball rolling, you brought someone like you on and mm -hmm. you are kind of in a groove. Do you now change your strategy and shift your target audiences that you built on LinkedIn towards these posts? What, what's your guidance there? Yeah, good question. I, I don't think you should ever stop with the LinkedIn um, company ads if mm. they're converting, if, if they're doing well. <laughs> if they're not doing well, that's a totally different scenario. But I think it's a good balance to have both. What works well, these are two completely different strategies though, right? So like, just like we talked about human beings or you know resonating with humans is different than humans resonating with brands. The same thing is when it comes to sponsored posts. So what works well for a company sponsored posts and what works well for individual sponsored posts are two totally different things. So what we're seeing working well for individuals that are sponsoring posts are more of like the storytelling method, mm. right? So you can't, you can't treat it like we were to do copywriting for an ad for a company page, you cannot treat it the same. It has to be very casual and more of a storytelling um, methodology than just like a promotional, you know? So there needs to be some sort of hook that gets people right away. What I've seen work really well is like breakdowns of like, we spent this much money on this campaign and it generated this many leads. Like I'm talking about sales and marketing in general, right? Like yeah. what I've seen work well in the sponsor posts is like, they're literally like breaking down how to do things in a storytelling method. So like, I'm going to show you right now how we got, you know, 80 leads with a, you know, whatever, $2 per click, whatever it is, you know, yeah. or I'm going to show you right now how this, you know, how our booth at XYZ trade show generated, you know, this many new clients with this new technique we used, you know, so those type of things, like how to, and then also experiences, like maybe like a storytelling, like I was talking to a client yesterday and she mentioned how problem you know? So it's like agitating the problem and then talking about the solution, but it, they are not salesy or pitchy at all. And then at the very bottom of the post is more like, if you want more help, you know, if you want more ideas on this, like send me a message, you know, it's very casual. And it's more of like the, we want people to like stop the scroll and see that and then maybe share it, maybe comments. So you really have to kind of treat it just as you would a regular post, you know, on LinkedIn, but you need to just put more effort and time into it because that needs to be one that like, performs well, but also like test it out organically, obviously, if it performs well, then put some advertising dollars behind it, you know, yeah. we're on the company side, there's, it's a whole different, you know, um, ball game, if you will, you still need to be creative, but giving people something for free obviously helps a lot too. But yeah, they're just two totally different, you know, methodologies, but I think both working together is amazing, but you can't slot, you can't have um, a strategy and be like, okay, I want my CEO to be, you know, having sponsored posts. If the CEO like hasn't posted on LinkedIn in two years, like that's weird. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so like you have it, to be so smart. So it won't it. accelerate it. That might be something yeah. that people think, yeah. oh, well, I'll just sponsor it for a while until they build an audience. It does not work it like that. It doesn't work that way. No. So like you need to take your biggest, you know, champions of your brand that already have a presence, even if it's not a massive presence, at least they've been actively posting on LinkedIn those are the people that are going to have the best results from this. It's not, you know, your VP of sales or your CEO that hasn't posted on LinkedIn or in two or three years, like it doesn't work that way. So, you know, there's a lot to be, you know, um, planned here and, and thought about, but I think it's a very, very powerful uh, method for people to drum up more awareness and leads on a more personal basis that resonates, you know, more than a brand. So if sponsoring, your executive's new initiative to have a personal brand isn't a way to shortcut their following. What are some good ways to accelerate that 
traction that you're looking for, for, for the number of followers and the number of connections and those types of things? Uh, collaborating like you and I are right now doing that, get on podcasts, uh, make friends with people, get on LinkedIn lives together, like become a part of your community and get involved with people who already have your audience and they might have a bigger audience than you. I mean, that's the fastest way I grew my brand on every social media channel, Facebook back in the day when I was doing my Facebook group and I had my courses for agencies, the fastest, the way I grew it so fast is I would collaborate with other Facebook group owners that had hundreds and thousands of people in their Facebook group. I would volunteer to come on live with them. You know, it's the same thing. Same with like Twitter. You have, you have to like immerse yourself in your community on whatever channel we're talking about here. And we're talking about LinkedIn now. So find the thought leaders in your industry, make friends with them, offer to, you know, help them hop on a call, whatever you got to do, get on podcasts. Like that's the fastest way organically to accelerate anyone's audience is literally just relationship building and community building. Look to see if there's like a pay for play angle on people who are asking for articles. Sometimes it's like, you've been nominated for this. It's like, no, I've not been because the only way to get into that is if I pay you three grand for the honor of being the top, whatever in my field, like forget that. But if it's a genuine exactly. one, investigate it. One that seemed random was uh, this gentleman reached out uh, and said he was looking at soft reviewing softwares that are similar to mine. I just because my normal motion is to say yes to anything that sounds genuine and not a paid award. Uh, turns out he was a contributor for Zapier and it literally drove demos for two months straight, probably actually three or four months straight. Amazing. And it was just a random yes, I said yes to. So I, I would say that is great. Say yes to everything, get your yeah. name out there, ask people <laughs> in your community and the other influencers to just be on the show and contribute something. Don't go the paid route right away. No, I completely like there's so much um, power in organic relationship building, you know, and not even just organic posting. Like you, I tell this to people all the time, like you can't build a personal brand just by posting content. You can't grow a massive following just by posting content. Like look at all the influencers on LinkedIn. They are part of a community. They're leaving comments. They're engaging. They're hopping on lives or audio events. Like you have to be involved. And if that's outside of your comfort zone, then you need to step outside of your comfort zone and deal with it because that's the only way that you're genuinely going to grow and increase your chances of doing this um, in a time frame that doesn't take you 10 years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and have those comments be thoughtful comment comments, not ones yes. that are like, Hey, exactly. Semi contradictory or yep. say yes. And you even see people like Chris Walker out there making thoughtful comments and you're like, well, he's running a I whole agency and doing yeah. videos and, his comments, you know, sometimes agree, sometimes disagree, sometimes mm -hmm. take a different angle. And I try and follow that same motion. Some I've our colleagues I've known for a long time and I will disagree with them. And they know that it's no hard feelings. It's just, yeah. hey, trying to take a different take and they'll probably do the same yeah. on one of mine. I know. I love that. And that's how you get visibility and, and respect also. That's how you earn respect, not just from the person, even though you might irk them with your different opinion they respect your different opinion and so does everyone else that sees it you know so that's a really good tip i feel like i don't do that enough actually disagree with people chris does an awesome job at disagreeing with people i love yeah. his that's his kind form. of his motion all the time though like that's his yeah. refine labs mo so i think it flows totally. really well it does uh, but disagreeing with people is one of the things i like doing the most actually because that's when my best thoughts come out i feel like uh, yeah. However, if I say something that isn't just adjacent from what they were saying, 
I like wholeheartedly disagree with what they said. Uh, I will send them a direct message and say, hey, wow. I posted this. I know it disagrees completely with what you're saying, but here's my experience. No hard feelings. I just That's smart. am wanting to drive a quality discussion. And the first time I did that, I felt kind of like icky that I made a comment. So that's why I did the DM. And okay. it worked so well in creating that rapport with that person that I feel more comfortable now, you know, take the high road, obviously, with your opinion, but uh, okay. in, in having that contradictory point of view. And I saw that person at a conference, actually, like a month later. And I yeah. walked up to them immediately and I said, hey, thanks for responding to the DM. I saw that it actually drove a lot more discussion within the comments. So I hope that helped that post get some more traction. Uh, and it was totally cool. It was like, yeah, absolutely. That was fantastic. I actually agree with that point of view. I wasn't even thinking about that. And it oh, created, yeah. a, you know, now we see each other at conferences and say hi right away. So I think it can be beneficial in more I ways than just, oh, I'm going to piss this person off. I don't want to do that. <laughs> exactly really? yeah no that's not our goal in life but I love that that's a really good tip yeah message them and be like hey this is why and they're going to respect you even more for that you know that's awesome yep. yep all right so we'll conclude this episode with the uh punchlines portion I have my Mel Brooks posters movie theme of making fun of marketing so uh I'm gonna ask you three questions and the first thing that comes to mind with these okay the most common mistake on LinkedIn personal branding is? Having a crappy profile. <laughs> Just like your general profile setup? <laughs> yes. Oh, yep. I hope we're beyond that. But yes, if you're not confident <laughs> We're not in beyond it, that. We are not beyond that. Follow-up question. Number one part of your profile that you should make sure is solid? Headline. Should it be your job title? No. I mean, you can put your job title at the end, but no, you, you need to do your value prop. What what you do for people, how you help them, and then something personal. I like your headline. It covers okay. that. Thank you. This is turning <laughs> into like rapid fire 20 questions like I'm a kid in the back seat asking you like, <laughs> what's this? Why, why, why? <laughs> uh, question two, a post you did that went wrong or not how you expected. Oh God, this is a really good one. Krispy Kreme COVID post that went viral. Ooh, won't do that again. Well, we won't have any more COVID posts, hopefully. But yeah, that was um, not my intention to get lots of haters, but it happened and went viral. So is it still up there? I need to go look this one up. Yeah, it is. It was from 2020, though. It was basically when Krispy Kreme gave away free donuts for getting vaccinated. And I was like, is that what we've come to? Like, we're promoting vaccinations with donuts? Like, this is sad. Like, basically, is what I said. And it just went crazy viral. Got so many haters, like, hate messages that I'm, like, anti-vax. I'm like, I am not anti-vax at all. It's not even what I said. I said that it's weird that we're giving people donuts that we shouldn't even be. We need to be promoting healthy lifestyles so we don't get sick from COVID. Not telling people to eat Krispy Kreme. That was my point. Interesting. The people backlashed on the anti-vax where I was like, oh, people are mad at you for saying pro-vax stuff. No, like, why are we the, rewarding you no. for this? You should just do it. Okay. No. Interesting. That, it was so the pro-vaxxers. It was the pro-vaxxers thinking that I was anti-vax. I was like, that, yeah. what? Like, what? Yeah. So that goes to show any post you make that could be even borderline political 
will yeah. be interpreted incorrectly 100% yes. of the time. <laughs> yes. And it wasn't even, like, I'm the least political person ever. Like, I never want to talk about politics or anything, or do I care? But I'm like, and it was just a poll. It was a poll to see what people thought. Like, should Krispy Kreme be giving donuts? And good Lord. I was like, well, oh, in this environment, almost anything can be political. But yeah. Yeah. I All right. So yeah, that was the one that went awry. And I won't do anything remotely close to that again. <laughs> This is the best punchline we've had, segment we've had yet. This is great. Okay, last one. Uh, highest return on LinkedIn is? Relationship building, bar none, like period. Building relationships, talking to people, sending direct messages, offering to help people, like 100% biggest ROI. That's why I, I preach about it all the time. Like you can't be posting content or even like leveraging sales nav without you know sending actual messages and having real conversations with people that go above like i noticed that you're in the same group as me let's be friends you know <laughs> think harder or if your only social selling motion is the 20 paragraph long this is um, what i do would you need my help yeah. and that's all you hear from them yeah. and then the guilt trip at the end saying it seems like you've been ignoring some of my posts or you haven't no i saw the five <laughs> novels you sent, I choosing not to read them. I'm sorry. Oh, archive. How come it keeps oh, popping up? I archived it. What the heck? <laughs> it keeps, come on, archive block. Where's my block? block. I was block gonna sender. say that's when you hit the block button. <laughs> oh man. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it so much. This is a fun conversation. Where can we oh, find more information about social selling, building your personal brand? What do you have? Yeah. Follow me on LinkedIn, obviously, Mandy McEwen. Um, Modgirlmarketing.com has a lot of my videos and blog posts as well. So check them out. And of course, I have every social media channel that is possible where I post videos all the time. So choose, pick your poison. Follow me there. Awesome. I do not have every social media channel. I basically stick to LinkedIn and Facebook because I... I'm old now, or so my kid says. Uh, <laughs> so you can find Mar Making Fun of Marketing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And we will see you next time. Thank you, Mandy. Thanks so much.